What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode 159 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about random things in gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today, of course, is Chevy. Chevy, how you doing? Uh, you ready to talk about the many things that we're talking about today? Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, the calm before the storm, so to speak. Oh yeah. Um, not as bad for me. I actually did finally look uh, to see what like I might actually be buying. Mm-hmm. It's pretty reasonable. So, I have to buy and play Dying Light 2. Um, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I've been thinking about it a lot. I gotta buy and play Dying Light 2 and get my fill of that, and then play Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, then I gotta play Elden Ring and I gotta mix Sifu because I think that comes out in February as well. Uh, in there, I'm glad I don't play Destiny 2 because expansion, uh, expansion for that. Um, and there's something else I'm pretty sure, and then in March. We get uh, the Final Fantasy game and some, some other things. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got my eyeball on Sifu. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to pull the trigger on that, but it mm-hmm. is a floating thought constantly. And then, uh, yeah, Horizon, 100%. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Strangers of Paradise. Yeah. No Elden Ring? No. Oh. Blasphemy, dude. Some people are going to be so upset. What about uh, Dying Light 2? That's probably not your cup of tea. <laughs> I, you have a better chance of getting me to play Elden Ring. Okay. Pretty yeah. steep. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because now I'm just kind of dreading next month. I, uh, I need to get my shit in order because uh, some of the games I've been playing recently, I've been putting a lot of time into, so I better enjoy that while I can. Um yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get this uh, started off. Um, before we talk about what we've been playing, we've been recently talking about things in the news to try and keep up to date on certain things. And as you guys probably know, and if you don't, make sure to go check out the episode. Um, we covered Xbox uh, purchasing Activision Blizzard yep. uh, about a week ago, and uh, we had a great conversation on that, um, I feel. And uh, yeah, definitely go check out that episode if you didn't see that. Um, but in that time, um, since they... Um, have started purchasing uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, we're already starting to see a lot of interesting things. Um, there are rumors of uh, them discussing um, maybe not having Call of Duty be an annual uh, franchise. That's been a discussion I've been seeing, and uh, or some rumors I've been seeing, uh, among other things. But uh, as of the day of recording today, uh, Blizzard has announced a new survival game. Um, that they are apparently working on. So let's uh, read the details and then discuss this. Um, Just very interesting timing considering uh, within the time of uh, announcing the purchase of Activision Blizzard, Blizzard's now announcing a new IP. Um, So this is via The Verge. Uh, Blizzard announces new survival game while still reeling from multiple controversies. The as-of-yet or as yet unnamed game is Blizzard's newest IP since Overwatch. This is a very short article because there's no information on this. Um, But it says, a week after the news, Microsoft will acquire Activision Blizzard and amidst news of alleged union-busting, labor strikes, unionization, and the continuing investigation of allegations of discrimination and abuse, Blizzard has announced it's working on a new IP. They really put a lot of... uh, uh, stuff in that, but uh, all stuff that's relevant to uh, current situation with Blizzard. Um, via Twitter, uh, Blizzard put out a tweet that said, we're building a survival game in an all-new universe. Join us in writing our next chapter. Unannounced survival game. 
Uh, the article continues. The new game is the first new universe from Blizzard Sense Overwatch in 2016. It's also the studio's first survival game. While it's fairly common to announce games early to recruit new talent, Respawn Entertainment's announcement of its new Star Wars game contained job listings. Blizzard is facing a particularly challenging time when it comes to hiring. Um, that's a really weird way they put that. Uh, talent acquisition and retention have been difficult for the developer, causing game delays as employees leave the developer at the heart of Activision Blizzard's legal troubles for competitive jobs elsewhere. Um, and now they're kind of just trailing off. So really the news here is that uh, Blizzard has officially announced they're working on a survival game. <coughs> oh, yeah. Excuse me. Um, they're working on a survival game, a brand new IP. And um, what we can only expect to be a AAA survival game uh, coming from Blizzard. Uh, we have a picture that looks like kind of a, um, I don't know if this is what the game will look like, but we're getting some kind of um, concept here uh, for anybody listening. It is somebody wearing um, almost like elven looking armor, uh, kind of a green tunic and a uh, very... Um, fantasy-looking axe uh, crouching in a wooded area that looks like there are old ruins and some kind of mirror-slash-portal thing up on a uh, brick wall, and their helmet is uh, very, like, dragon-looking, which is kind of an interesting uh, visual style. Um, Chevy, what do you make of this, uh, and what are your thoughts on the potential of a Blizzard-made survival game um. and the timing? I mean, the timing is kind of the the big one that came to mind first and not because of the controversies as much as um, I'm really surprised they didn't just like do this during like a, a BlizzCon or BlizzCon type event instead of just kind of like the way we got it. Mm-hmm. Um, seems a little strange. Um, I do know, you know, they're probably hesitant to hold BlizzCons because that usually involves talking to um, their customers, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they really want to do a whole lot of that right now. Um, outside of that, as far as like the type of game and stuff like that goes, I'm, I'm glad that the developers are getting an opportunity to kind of like stretch their, uh, their talents a little bit and mm-hmm. try out a new genre. I always appreciate when devs um, allow for that kind of stuff. That's how we get stuff like Horizons, how we get stuff like Ghost of Tsushima. So um, I am, you know, Happy for them to be able to do that, and and you know the possibilities in which it could be. I like the genre. I'm not a fan of the company, so I'm not exactly excited. Um, but I am um, outside of my personal ta- uh, 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 <coughs> interests, I suppose. Mm. Um, it, it's cool. I, it's something they they haven't covered, and, and that's uh, should be something to be excited for if you're a Blizzard fan. So yeah. Um, everything I'm going to say is going to be based off the idea that Blizzard under Xbox gets their shit together. Uh, you know, everything's good in the company and, uh, Blizzard can kind of, uh, create a good name for itself again. Hopefully, um, that's what I'm hoping for now that, uh, you know, we're in this era where this is a thing that they're owned by Xbox. Um, I want to just throw that caveat out there. Um, because uh, honestly, the idea of anybody making a new survival games is really exciting for me. I love survival games. I've been a huge fan uh, for a long time of survival games. Almost every single one, I, I I I buy all of them pretty much, and I play them to different extents. Certain ones I like a lot more than others. Um, so the idea of anybody making one is uh, really cool. It's very interesting to see Blizzard's making one. 
um, because it's something I would have never guessed. Mm -hmm. Though for the longest time, I have been drawing the comparison uh, of MMOs to survival games, especially back when like DayZ was still really popular. It seemed like they had kind of, as MMOs were kind of like diminishing in their... um, excitement outside of the legacy ones it seemed like survival games are starting to grow because of um the dynamic the dynamics the social dynamics of survival games so it is interesting to see you know arguably the biggest mmo developer uh you know this is probably gonna be a different team of course but still under the same umbrella uh working on a survival game um i assume and i have no reason to assume this but i assume the quality you get from Blizzard games, regardless if you like them or not, is going to be in this. So this is probably going to be one of the most AAA survival games that were that has been made. I can't imagine Blizzard releasing something that's like early access feeling. Even, um, uh, oh God, was it Rare that made that uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids survival game? I mean, as long as the WoW devs are making it, I agree with you. Okay, sure. So. sure. But... Uh, but well, in regardless of like complaints stuff like that of, of Blizzard games, like typically when their games come out, they do feel finished. Yeah, well, that's why I made that because the yeah. the WoW patches are buggy messes a lot of times. Sure. Um. So anyway, I do feel like this will have a quality to it. Um that you have not really seen in survival games. Survival games always have that early access um, indie feel to them, which I've grown accustomed to. Um, we're playing Icarus uh, this month, which is our game of the month. We'll be t- discussing that at the end of the month. But even that game has that like early access clunkiness to it. Ark has that. Daisy had that. Um, Conan Exiles, I think it's pretty fucking polished, but still has some kind of that, that indie feel to it. Um, and so I expect this to most likely be, um, made in a, in a much better way, but, um, I am excited about it for multiple reasons. Uh, Blizzard making a new IP is, is interesting, um, because it's very rare. We get new IPs from Blizzard. Um, so that interests me also just getting a new survival game by a notable company is, is very interesting to me. I think the art style we're seeing here, even though that's probably just concept art, um, is interesting looking. It does look like a survival game with a person's holding an ax. So I'm assuming you're gonna be chopping trees down with that. Um, it's very forested. The guy's got a quiver of arrows, all that stuff. So it is looking cool. It's looking very fantasy, which, uh, would be a really cool survival game to play. Something that's very fantasy esque. Um, and knowing Blizzard's background in fantasy games, um, MMOs, RTSs, all sorts of shit, um, I think they'll be able to bring a lot of creativity to the genre. I am curious about what they're going to do, if they're just going to do something very traditional like we expect, like an Ark-style game, Conan-style game, or if they're going to bring some uh, of their knowledge from their other games that they've made to this, like... Um, some more MMO mechanics to it, which would be very interesting. I also think it's interesting too. This is just dropped uh, right after the news of the acquisition mm-hmm. a week after. I wonder if either this is something they've been cooking for a while, um, even though they're hiring for this. So this is still early and uh, it just happened to get announced around this time. Or I wonder if this is something that they were thinking about working on for a while. And once they've been under discussion with, uh, you know, Xbox leads, maybe, in that discussion, they're like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's check it out. And so that's why they're hiring now um, and announcing it to uh, get some hype going with this acquisition. Uh, you know, get the uh, the the cogs moving um, 
which I'd like to believe, but I don't know if that's the case. It could have just been something they've been working on for a while. Um, we only have two pictures. I don't have the other picture um, available right now. But the other picture is like these two kids out in the woods, and there's like a, bi- a couple bikes in the trees. Um, so there's like a modern flair to that picture. Um, but you know, with two concept pictures and just hearing that it's a survival game, we don't have much to draw off of here. So, but, um, but yeah, like I said, under the caveat that the blizzard gets their stuff together and, um, is, is up to the task. I am excited about the idea of really anybody making a survival game, but a triple A developer, um, making one, um, is exciting and, blizzard uh making anything uh new ip whatever is exciting i just am very curious to see what it looks like and i want to know the scale of it how big are they going to go with it and uh you know what kind of new mechanics can they bring to the genre that um has seen growth but slow growth uh over time so yeah i think it's pretty cool anything else you want to say on that all right. Well, uh, let us know in the comments what you guys think about this news with Blizzard uh, announcing a new survival game. How do you feel about Blizzard making a survival game? How do you feel about Blizzard making a new IP? What do you think about a brand new, possibly AAA uh, survival game coming out? And uh, what do you think about the timing? And does this interest you? Are you bored with the genre? Do you want more from it? And what would you like to see from this? Let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. All right. Let's jump into what we've been playing, where we talk about games we've been playing lately. Uh, both of our lists are fairly short. Um, I'll let you start us off this time. Can I start with the ones I can't talk about? Um, played Icarus, played Dirt 35. I'm just going to call it now. Fair. Going high, um, I like it. Dirt 5. Um, and I played Persona 5 Strikers. So. Someday there's going to be games that are 35. That's scary. Uh, I think Final Fantasy will probably hit that. <laughs> probably. Madden. <laughs> Madden probably already has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they go by year, never mind, but I'm sure there's 35 of them. Well, yeah, it's just the same as like Mortal Kombat, change their name, but people still like number them or or I guess use the year, too. I, I just know, want somebody to have the balls to make fucking Mortal Kombat 35. <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy. Anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, outside of that, uh, I've been playing, I'm still playing Pokemon, uh, BDSP or Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, mm-hmm. whatever terminology you want to use. Um, I had already beaten the game, completing my national decks right now slowly, um, and doing a little bit of Pokey Radar, um, shiny hunting, uh, the TLDR of that is you turn on a device, <coughs> grass will visibly shake and you run to it, you get a fight, and you either can run to reset the whole thing, or knock it out and catch or and or catch it, not and or knock it out or catch it, and you have a chance for the chain to continue. The higher the chain, the better chance you get for that Pokemon to become a shiny version of itself. So, hmm. um, been doing that uh, when I'm like winding down to go to sleep, or if I'm not sure how much time I have, because um, it's easy to just kind of shut off. <clears throat> um, outside of that, still playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, um, leveling other jobs. I got my Black Mage to 90, which I believe is my sixth combat class now to 90. Started working on Red Mage. Damn. Uh, I am the slowest in the free company, so it's not that <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I'm in the free company. Uh, well, yeah, you're not playing. So out of active players. 
Um, other outside of that, we started raiding finally. Um, everyone became available. We were waiting on a tank. Um, we did the first fight over the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Progged on Saturday. Uh, saw Enrage twice. So uh, that was way better than we expected because we don't put the time in. Like um, to put the term out there, sweaty gamers do. <laughs> um, we uh, when it came back to it on Sunday, and within the first lockout, which is about an hour and a half before you have to like restart the fight. Um, we did get the clear. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, so now we're going to have to tighten it up, get faster at it so we can get it done faster and start working on the second fight, um, which we will start doing this weekend. So that'll be neat. Um, I missed rating. It felt really good to get in there and get my ass kicked. So. <laughs> yeah. Some of guys took a break there for a while. A lot of, well, I mean, real life stuff happened. There was the lull um, when the delays of the expansion stuff. So the last tier lasted a really long time. Um, so a lot of people took breaks, uh, myself included. So, yeah, um, it's going to happen. Yeah. Especially with, you know, a bunch of adults playing a game. People are going to have things come up. So. And, and a couple of our work schedules being late uh, makes scheduling really difficult especially when a couple people have, you know, normal lives. So, um, yeah, it's cool. I, uh, I, I wish, uh, it's weird. Cause like last expansion, we didn't have enough people. So we'd have to like grab random people to help us. And that was hit or miss depending on how many people were raiding that day. Now we have too many people. So now we have a guy who sits on the bench as backup, um, in case someone can't make it. Um, and then if I were to get other people into it, that would also become an issue too. Uh, so I'd either have to roll a second character or the people coming in would have to be like, well, I don't mind like just getting the, uh, it's a, you get a pity prize essentially for clearing once a week, which is you get enough of them. You can buy a piece of loot. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise the loot lockout is if no one cleared, you get two chests. If one to four people have cleared, you get one chest. And if five or more cleared, you get zero chests. So just the pity prize. So, hmm. um, that is to prevent people from just like getting carried through and getting a shit ton of loot. So, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but you can run it as many times as you want. It's like for the fun factor and to get your clears still. But if you're, if your sole purpose is loot, which realistically, unless you're going to do like the hardest content in the game really isn't that much of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, game's pretty flexible in that regard. I already am high enough item level that I could do the entire raid tier right now. So, um, but ultimate comes out in point one. So a lot of people are trying to get their best in slot for that, like ultimate challenge. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm just playing for fun. I just want to do the raids there. It's, it's nice fine tuning, like when to do damage and when to dodge and, and mm. the whole survival of it and stuff. It's, it's a fun experience. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I haven't really been playing a whole lot. Um, I keep eyeballing a bunch of games and just never playing. <laughs> so I bought all the pixel remasters for the final fantasy games. I should start them and I just don't better hurry, dude. <laughs> um, lately, Especially from playing Icarus, I kind of want to try. Like I've been thinking about other survival games at this point, mm-hmm. and and want to revisit some. Um, yeah, I also need to play Minecraft to pay for a server, and I'm logged in in about a month now. So 
Oh, yeah. Need to do that. They haven't talked about it on the show for a little bit. Well, even if I do talk about it, like, unless I bring a bunch of pictures and video or, you know, of what I'm doing, it's mm-hmm. I've been building, you know, that's yeah. pretty much it. So. Yeah, it's hard to convey that unless you're trying to, like, talk about scale, but other than that, like, the details, you're not going to be able to translate yeah. very well. So, um, showing it's a lot, a lot better. Yeah. I was going to take the footage from the raid because uh, Chris did stream it. But Twitch muted the audio, so it's useless to me now. You couldn't, well, you guys kind of did that before. I would say you couldn't just get the footage and then do like a commentary. It wouldn't have any sound, but. Go ahead, just put like music in the background. Yeah. And then do commentary over it with Chris if he has the time. Mm. I'll, I'll check with him. It's on his Twitch, so. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Check it out. And, um,. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if you do anything with that or not. But uh, no promises. Yeah, no promises. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I've been playing. That's it. Okay, so um, I've been playing Icarus. I've been mostly playing Icarus. Uh, I can't talk about it because that's our game of the month, the game of the month that I picked, um, and we'll be discussing that at the end of the month for game of the month. So make sure to come back for that. But a couple things maybe you're curious about. Uh, I have put about forty-one hours into it this month. So I've been playing it um, a little bit. Uh, I have a level 28, and I started another character, and I have a level 22 now. So I have two level 20-somethings. The reason I did that is because my level 28 is currently on a mission as we speak right now, and I think I have eight days left for that mission. If I don't complete that mission within eight days, my character will die permanently. So I need to get back into that mission. Um, So while that character's been locked in that mission that I'm doing with other people that weren't around, I made a second character and a completely different build. So um, I've been playing it a lot. Uh, Well, I guess 41 hours a lot, but um, I've been dedicated to playing it. So that's that's been fun. experience not the game i'm not talking about my thoughts on icarus even though i picked it for game of the month um no bias yeah so come back at the end of the month and find out our grades for that game and uh see some footage because i've gotten my footage for that uh speaking of games i can't speak of uh persona 5 strikers i finally sat down and played that a little bit um and it's interesting. Um, I can't I can't talk about my opinions on the game, but I am going to let you guys know, and I think you're on the exact same pages as me. We're, we, we are in a weird predicament that we haven't really ran into for Plus Club yeah. before. Um, I found out, so maybe you don't know this. You probably do. Maybe you're an expert, and you're like, oh, why didn't you know that? I didn't know this. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers is a direct sequel to Persona 5. Not Persona 5 Royale, but Persona 5. Um, and so... Neither of us have finished Persona 5. You're further into it than I am, but neither of us have finished it. So we were playing a sequel to a game that we both have played and would like to finish at some point. And so um, just a warning to anybody who might be expecting like a really deep review from us on Plus Club at the end of the month, we are both skipping cutscenes to avoid story. Um I, I vaguely know what's going on in it, but I am trying to skip as much of that as possible because I, I, I feel like it's um, a disservice to the last game if I spoil a bunch of stuff in this game. But we have played it, and we've seen it visually, so we'll be able to review it there. But I wanted to just put that out there so people know. It's it's a really interesting situation to be in. Because um, <laughs> I started playing it, I was like, 
Oh no, this is like a fucking sequel. When I saw cutscenes, it's it's a legitimate sequel. And and when they were taking place, I was like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, I start seeing characters that I don't know, and they're talking like really normal. I'm like. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. So um, we'll be talking about it uh, for Plus Club, but um, certain elements of it, we will be probably a little in the dark on purpose uh, about. So yeah. uh, hopefully you guys understand that. But uh, it'll be a good conversation for sure. But I've been playing it, and I'm going to play it some more for sure um, before this weekend when we do Plus Club and Game of the Month. So come back for that. And then lastly, the game I can talk about, I've been wanting to talk about is uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. I want to talk about this because I have been talking for a while now about how I'm not hyped on Ubisoft games and I wasn't hyped on this game. And I still wouldn't say I'm hyped on it, but I have played it. Um, it came out, it's 40 bucks. I was like, I'm curious about that. And then they're like, day one on Game Pass. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just get a month of Game Pass. Luckily, very lucky for me, I fucking went to log in on my Game Pass. It's like, you want to give us a dollar for Game Pass? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so I gave them a dollar. And so I spent a dollar on uh, on uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, downloaded it. Um, it's got the weird fucking Ubisoft thing. Like, you start up in Game Pass, and then it has to launch it in the Ubisoft launcher. And it took me to uh, Internet Browser, an Internet Browser, and it's like, uh, do you accept uh, that you're playing uh, this through Game Pass on Ubisoft's Connect or whatever? I'm like, sure. And then, like, I had a bunch of fucking weird issues launching the game that I got fixed. Things but were overcomplicated it was, Ubisoft. It was very fucking annoying. So... Um, maybe you're curious about what Rainbow Six Extraction is. I'm sure you've seen it and you're like, yeah, you run on shoot shit. It's pretty much what it is. Um, if you played a game called uh, GTFO, it's a more accessible to everybody version of GTFO. Um, it is a three-player cooperative game um, based off of Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, it's got the same operators in it. Um, and you go on to missions that have three parts. Um, and you are able to extract at any time, uh, which is an interesting system. So you go in and, um, the level will be the same. If you go to the police station or you go to this or that, it'll have three sections, but each of the three sections have random things, uh, set up each time you play and we'll have random objectives on each part. Uh, sometimes you have to go extract a person out of there. Sometimes you have to go blow up these, um, uh, I forgot what the fucking enemies are called, but they're like essentially like, um, like cores of theirs. You got to go, uh, plant bombs on. There's one where you got to hold position and then move to new locations and hold position, which is kind of a cool, uh, setup because in siege you can kind of put like, um, reinforcements on walls and stuff like that and windows and this you have a lot of prep time for that kind of thing so it works out well it's also interesting to play a game like this that has the destructibility of siege um, i was wondering why more games didn't have sieges uh you know destructible environments and here we have another rainbow six game that is using that um so yeah, you go in with two other people, you have your operator, each operator is essentially set up like a hero and a hero shooter, they got their special, and uh, you set up your weapon, each operator has four weapons, you start off with one and then you unlock the other three as you play through them, also as you level them, uh, they all go to level 10, you unlock more perks for that operator, um, and uh, you get attachments for your weapons, 
and you get uh, like React tokens. And when you get those, you can buy um, across the board equipment that you can use for any operator, um, like uh, uh, grenades and, and little um, reconnaissance uh, vehicles and all sorts of shit like that, armor plating for yourself. And one of the most interesting things about the game, I think, is um, when you die on a mission, when you get when you get hit enough, you go down and you're crawling around. But if you die, you get KO'd and you're on the ground. If you get left there, you lose that operator. But somebody can come back and grab you, pick you up, and extract you out of the mission. And if they're able to do that, you don't lose your operator. Um so it has it does have a sense of risk similar to a game possibly like Tarkov or Hunt, which obviously speaks to me. I love those kind of games. But it's casual in the sense that if you lose this operator, you can't use them. They're grayed out in your selection screen um, until you do a mission where you rescue that operator. If you go to rescue that operator and you fail, you lose uh, XP on that operator. So it will de-level you. Um, so there's a risk and reward uh, situation in the game that I think is kind of cool. You don't perma lose your character like a game like Hunt or Tarkov would have you do, but um, there is an element of it that I think, um, I don't want to say casual because it's not just casual gamers. A lot of people aren't interested in the idea of permadeath in games, so it is more accessible to just more people, but it sells that element of like, oh, fuck, I don't want to lose my operator. Yeah. Especially when you're in the middle of a mission, you start like the first part of the mission. Maybe it doesn't go well. Maybe like one of you guys have already gotten down and you had to extract their body out of there. And you're looking and one of the people with you is like half dead already. And you're like, we should just bounce. And you extract. Um, or you continue on to the next mission. Kind of like Left for Dead. There's like a little like in between area where you like hope there's fucking uh, you know health kits or ammo, some, something like that. And then move on to the next area. And then when you complete all three, you get a larger chunk of experience, better rewards, um, and the satisfaction of knowing you completed uh, all three missions um, in it. And uh, yeah, there's like four or five difficulties for the missions. So um, plenty of challenge. And uh, yeah, that's what Rainbow Six Extraction is. Um, and so far, I've been enjoying it. I like it. Um when Dying Light 2 comes out, I will forget it exists. <laughs> but as of right now, it's a pretty fun cooperative experience. Um, it's really easy to hop into. It is a little overwhelming at first when you first play it. Like, there's a lot going on. Um, and uh, playing with randos, I can tell it's not just me and Josh when we first played it. They were like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? Because I've seen people go in there and just get like wrecked instantly. Um, which I like. I like the challenge of it. It, it, it does feel hardcore um, in some ways, especially on harder difficulties. Um, but overall, when when I saw reviews on it, they were like, um, it feels like an extended mode for Rainbow Six Siege. It does feel like that for sure. Um, I don't know if you could have released this on Siege and just be like, this is its own mode because there is a substantial chunk of content that they're charging $40 or a dollar for me. Um, four, but, um, it does feel like an extension of siege, but it feels more robust than just a quick update. Um, they did have a mode originally of this in siege for like Halloween, like three years ago or something like that. Uh, it had like three 
little maps you could do. And it's kind of like this cooperative thing. And that's where this kind of got birthed from. Right. Um, so yeah, there, there's enough there to, to keep playing enough content, but I also feel like I've already experienced a lot of what the game offers. And so it will be an easy game for me to drop once I start playing something else. But as of right now, it is a fun little game to play with people. It's not full priced. And, um, I think that's fair. Oh God. Um, I think it's fairly priced and I think that the content is fair for it, but I can't hard recommend it to anybody unless you're really looking for a cooperative game similar to GTFO uh, or Left 4 Dead. Um, one where you have to communicate with each other. Com- communication really matters in the game, um, but it's not a super deep game either. So um, it's fun. I would definitely give it like as of right now, B to B minus um, much better than I thought it was going to be, but nothing amazing. So um yeah, R6 Extraction, pretty fun. And if you play it on Game Pass, I would just do that because, I mean, I, I like to preach fucking support games or whatever, and if you really like this game, you probably should buy it for the 40 bucks. but I honestly think this game is going to go free-to-play at some point. It doesn't feel free-to-play, but it feels almost free-to-play, and I feel like they really, I feel like Ubisoft really doesn't value this game. I feel like the development of it was probably pretty cheap compared to like a full game. I don't think Ubisoft values a whole lot right now. No, I agree 100%. But in this game definitely feels like that. But uh, that they use all these assets from Siege or whatever probably made the development pretty easy to do compared to like a full-on game. Yeah. And so when they're releasing it uh, day one on Game Pass, they're charging $40 for anybody who wants to buy it. And then like... Uh, they have the buddy pass that's coming out soon where you allow people to play for 14 days for free. They, it really seems like they just kind of made this to see what would happen. And if it doesn't make a bunch of money, they'll probably just make it a free to play game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it did that because yeah. it's cross it's cross uh, play. You can play it with anybody on anything, which is awesome. Um, works really well. And uh, it'd be a great game to uh, go free to play if they want to go that route. Although I do prefer premium games, of course. So, but yeah, all in all, fun enough. That's my review of uh, Rainbow Six Siege, or not Siege, Extraction, fun enough. Um, and that's all I've been playing. Mostly Icarus and, uh, and Extraction, so. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, anything else you've been playing? Not really. All right, well, let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing? What are you looking forward to playing? Um, anything you would recommend us play? Did you play Rainbow Six uh, extraction. I keep wanting to say siege. Um, what'd you think of it? Where'd you play it? I'm curious. Did you play on Game Pass? Oh, the buddy pass isn't out out yet. Never mind. Um, or did you buy the game? Uh, that'd be interesting. And uh, yeah, let me know everything you think about in the comments below. All right, we got some videos to watch, and the first one being Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin final trailer. This is the final trailer of Final Fantasy Origin uh, for PS5 and PS4. This game comes out March 18th, so we still got a little bit of time. But, um, I mean, hopefully you're done with the three games that come out next month by then. Um, And yeah, this is an almost five-minute trailer, so that's pretty crazy. We're going to watch it, and we're going to discuss what we saw. We've talked about this game quite a bit on the channel. This is a game that uh, I was actually looking through the comments, and it seems like it's reflecting what we think on a lot of other people. Somebody's like, it's really cool to see this game come out and now people are starting to take it serious. Yeah. Because me and you saw it originally and we're like, 
yeah. And then we played the demo. And we're like, wait, this is this is a pretty cool game. Yeah. Which makes sense given who's making it. Like, it'd be really weird if it wasn't good. Yeah, I would say Neo and Neo Two are really good. So. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, like uh, we went from going like eh whatever to it's really fun. I actually am really excited to play it. So it's a three player co op. It's co-op, so I'm very excited for that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I uh, even though I got other other games on my plate soon, um, I am looking forward to playing this in March. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I am really curious to see what we're getting with this trailer. Is it going to be gameplay? Is it going to be story? I assume it's going to be story. Um, it's typically smart to do like a story trailer like right before the release because you want to get people excited about the gameplay first, and then you want to get them excited about the story after. Um, and so that's what I would assume here. Um, five minutes also kind of tells me that story yeah. trailer, um, which if I'm being honest, is probably the least exciting thing about this game. I'm hoping it does have a dope story. I would love if we play it and it's a lot of fun and it had a cool enough story or an amazing story. I doubt that. But from what I've seen so far, I, I'm not getting my hopes up for the story. I think the story itself has a chance to be decent. The characters on the other hand, <laughs> Um, sure okay as maybe, fun yeah. as the game is uh there's a level of cheese there i just cannot get past it's egregious cheese yeah it's fucking limburger dude even though i like limburger fucking uh it's it's wild dude yeah like uh all the fist bumping and the cock rock and the fucking the pa- voice acting conversation so i can play music on yeah that's... yeah walk outside for a second and then continue the fucking conversation really weird shit yeah. i don't understand the direction there but uh, fortunately it's the, the, the fun factor in the demo was way worth it. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I'll do the devil may cry thing where you enjoy the gameplay and then go and look at the story and go, ha, even though devil may cry got a lot better later, but like early on, it's just like ridiculous in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, um, and there's obviously people who love it for that too. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I might love this for that. Maybe the story's like horrible. It's like, I'm going to be laughing the whole time and playing a fun game. I'm okay with that. I like for the sure, room. Sure. So, um, yeah we're both hyped for it yeah um anything else you want to say before watch this not really yeah all right let's hop into it this is the final trailer in three two one and go watching you subject to change dude a little late save us made me realize something i was wrong before yeah if we can patch it we will Mia and I must survive. It is funny. We must to see become beacons of hope among the chaos that all may look to in times of doubt. Bravo, Jack. Just tell us about the crystals. Those who are to forge the future exactly. mustn't be concerned with trivialities. And cut to the chase. to this world will just make it harder to do with the class system I really like it's it it's a mercy to forget yeah, yeah fighting's what I live for also from what I've heard did you defeat Tiamat? Yeah. I am Sophia well met all I know now is that I want to see this through to the end which makes us warriors of light 
Like in the prophecy. Seen a lot more characters, which is nice to see. Then don't say it. No can do. This also seeing like that dude in a different outfit is interesting. Because when we played, um, that wasn't a bad. Environments are varied. That first boss we fought was actually pretty tough until we figured out like the mechanic, which I'm stoked that even had one. I don't give a damn who you are. Yeah, it's just uh, where did I come so, from? Like, quick though, with strangers. Fight started. I was like, oh god, I like I don't have time to think. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So yeah, I'm really excited about the other boss in the game and see what I'm kind of things they, here. they do to get creative there as well. Long. I liked and the team aspect of it, even though I'll I thought the AI me. was really stupid. Um, Sarah, the mechanic I, was really cool. I'd like you to have this. But this is very special to you, Sarah. I'd like you to have this. You'll just is forget. that my journal talking? I won't. Yeah, it's funny because they're kind of Final Fantasy, but they also, like you're saying, kind of are. It seems like it's loosely, uh. I don't know. Are you gonna get me in trouble? It seems like it's, it's loosely inspired by it, but it would be interesting if it does have any kind of like. Um, I won't give up. I know we can do this like together. a soft like uh, remake, or um, you know, there's not being honest about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel it's like mercy it's to forget. Yeah, that, I mean that's definitely what I assume. But it's funny how there's like so, all these different elements oh, yeah. from Final Fantasy oh, 1 that people keep bringing up. The rest Actually, um, is up to Jack. That's something I appreciate about like every Final Fantasy game. I did it. Like, even Final Fantasy That's 14 is just a theme park. Of, Changed for the better, Jack. Nodding at every other Final Fantasy game will make you an original story. Fucking listen to music on his phone again. He's fist bumped that creepy guy. Definitely look forward I'll to never forget you. Are you sure about that? The nods, essentially, of course I the am. original property, never forget while also first hopefully love. not making it feel too much. Mm -hmm. um, I could just play Final Fantasy well. Yeah. What a fucking weird song to play. Kingdom Hearts 4. Beautiful. I promise you, I won't forget. Yes, it was So we got a collection of story cinematics and some gameplay. Yeah. Um it was interesting to see the story stuff out of context, I guess, but it doesn't really do much for me because really in any Final Fantasy, it's kind of hard to really piece together what's going on. For sure. Um, and of course, this isn't a Square Enix Final Fantasy game, but um, 
I could never guess what's what's even really you know happening fully here um, without playing it. But uh, gameplay wise, it was cool to see new bosses, new locations. The emphasis on this weird look, fucking looking dude, like um, doesn't really do much for me. But uh, is cool to just see more of the game. Yeah. Um, I'm still not very impressed with the voice acting. The music selection is also very weird. Uh, you know, Frank Sinatra's fine, but uh, yeah, that won't be in the game. That's marketing. <laughs> I, I hope not. There's that weird cock rock song that played in the fucking demo. Fair. Um, so I don't, I don't understand where they're going with that. But um, if that's the atmosphere they're they're trying to build for the game, um, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, character models are looking pretty decent. Um, I like the that the like side characters are different looking than they were in the demo um especially with the character you were playing he wasn't his clothes weren't updating when you were changing your equipment yeah so hopefully that's something that changes uh, when we do play it and uh yeah the 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 bosses specifically though in this trailer that we just watched like it's um that's the most interesting thing for me uh they look hectic they look like they're going to be challenging super um, flashy very flashy which is something i would expect from anything with a final fantasy name on it yeah. even if somebody else is making it um and yeah i mean i i can't say this got me more hyped because i'm i'm kind of like locked in at like i just want to play it now yeah um, say, i'm already i'm already buying it so. but it was cool to see just more from the game in a vague way that didn't show me too much i don't feel like this trailer showed too much um, which I can really appreciate because some games I feel like I played by the time I actually first play them just because the, the promotional stuff showed way too much. So um, I'm glad they're keeping a lot, uh, you know, out of, out of our sight. So, Agreed. yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my biggest takeaway um, was that they basically, they showed us a few large encounters that uh, we can look forward to doing without showing too much because obviously part of the fun of um, any, you know, Souls-like or uh, inspired game um, is figuring out the bosses. So it'd be a real shame if they showed off too much of it. Um, yeah. And the little bit we did play and when we did get to fight a boss, there was something to figure out and mm. it also got to play around with the idea of having multiple jobs in your party because regardless if you're playing single player or not you still play there's still still three npc there's three characters regardless so and you you do um have the ability to tell them to do things so that strategy exists regardless too so um looking forward to see how they play around with those um the jobs and the um what there's a word i'm looking for uh uh where things work well together uh Synergy? Synergy between them when it comes to boss fights, yes. Um, so, Yeah, I'm excited to see how that works because, uh, like I said, the boss fight we did, very basic mechanic, but you're able to alter um, things that the boss could do to give us the advantage, mm-hmm. which um, just kind of, if that's like the only time in the game that happens, I'm be very disappointed. Yeah, that'd be a shame. Yeah, because I was actually impressed that they... Like with the Final Fantasy, even like with 14 or any MMO, really, like you expect or you hope for mechanics in a fight and to offer that in a uh, action game um, that takes after games that do have like mechanics typically in a, in a fight um, was definitely cool to see, especially in a multiplayer game. Yeah. You always hope for 
things that aren't just like shoot it or beat it up until it dies. Well, and the other thing too, speaking of the multiplayer aspect is like, usually you, you look at multiplayer and you go, well, that's going to make the experience easier. And maybe it still does in this game. I, I did not play the boss by myself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the, the boss presented enough of a challenge even for two people. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that was nice. Yeah. And I, it's not like we – I don't even think we had difficulty options available to us anyways. Mm-hmm. But I assume that was on normal difficulty when we played it. So. He has enough of a challenge that was like – it was like, okay, fuck. Like let's reconfigure what we're doing here. And then when we beat him, it was like sick. We did it. Like yeah. it felt good. So, Also with the way like – the, the punishment system in the game being where you have to recharge your mana um, yeah. and not just like build it back up, but like the bar itself needs to be restructured as well. So you have to go grind a little bit if you want to have that full advantage again. So, um, yeah, so it's, you don't lose like everything, but you do get set back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a, it's a fair system, um, especially in a game that has like no bullshit multiplayer as well. Like it's just, it, it it's like, okay, well, you know, we got to go get those back. So, yeah, and I remember even put a put a fucking wrench in the gears. Yeah, well, and even during like early development, um, they had stated they wanted it to be more of like a co-op role-playing game than a Souls game, yeah, new style game, which does feel like or Neo, I guess, since they'd be talking about their own IP. Mm-hmm. Um, but still have that those elements there for people who did want to challenge. So, um, I I feel like even in the beta, they they pretty much had the right path going. So with that so yeah um for someone like me who doesn't like i i I don't i don't care about difficulty in games i like a little bit of challenge because i don't want to just walk through it but um i'm more there for the fun of it and then be able to have that fun co-op playing different things getting different loot um yeah definitely look forward to it yeah yeah same um i would say i wish it was coming out soon but uh like I've said already, I you know I, I wait a little bit um, to play it, but it is looking awesome. Um, there has been nothing that's uh, been shown so far that's made me go, you know what? Maybe I'm not very excited for it. But I also haven't been like, holy fuck, this is showing me so much shit that I'm so excited for. It, it we played it. It's cool. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. This is just showing me more of uh, what I want to see, and uh, yeah, can't wait to finally play it. Anything else? See you in March. See you in March if we survive February. Listen in the comments. What you guys think of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin final trailer? Um, did it do anything for you? Did it uh, change your mind in any way? Did it make you go, you know what? Maybe not this game. I'm not going to play this shit after hearing that guy talk. Or maybe you saw and you're like, this looks really fucking cool. I can't wait to play it. Or maybe you guys are like, what you guys said about it was really cool. I need to check it out. You should check it out. Um, hopefully they do another timed demo beta thing because i don't feel like a lot of people played it at least that i know um, i kind of feel like that's not gonna happen at this point but yeah it's getting a little late now yeah. but it's where they did it like back in like fucking november yeah and then that was it yeah, but, they did two feedback phases yeah but are you excited for this game you're not excited for it uh tell me why in the comments below uh everything you're thinking about when it comes to this game. All right, next video we're going to watch is all new Elden Ring footage shown at Taipei Game Show with no commentary. Now, I'm sure you guys already know this, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you, there was a interview that was done uh, with, um, uh, from software at the Taipei Game Show where they talked to them for like 43 minutes. They go through a lot of details, and I watched most of that, and I read up on what pretty much was said there, and... Uh, 
if you guys want us to watch that in its entirety, let us know in the comments if enough people wanted that. I would be down to watch that in its entirety. But I'm going to go through pretty much what was the main things they said in that interview, and we're going to watch the new gameplay. That's what this video is. It's five minutes of just the gameplay they showed during that interview. But to fill people in or just to let you know uh, some of the main points they said about Elden Ring in that interview, um, they stressed that they want to not make the game stressful, but they want to maintain the expected challenge of a Dark Souls game. So they're doing small things to make every encounter less of a stressful experience, but they want it to be hard still. And it sounds weird, but in a way I'm like, there are things you could do to make situations less stressful. Like when you go against a boss in Dark Souls and the fucking music just ramps up and goes crazy, the experience is fucking awesome. It actually kind of reminds me of Armored Core. I was thinking about this when I did the Armored Core episode. You're fighting things, and all of a sudden this crazy music would just start up, and it just made it so fucking cool and intense. Dark Souls is like that too, but your heart rate fucking just goes up. <laughs> Maybe they're going to cut back on that a bit to make it just more about the fucking challenge. I don't know if they're going to, but... um. But yeah, that's something they're emphasizing. Um, I think that's I think that's them uh, meeting halfway for the people who want an easy mode in uh, Dark Souls games, um, which I don't think they should do. But that's no. a different conversation. Um, it's gonna be thirty hours to play through, um, with more to do than thirty hours. Of course, yes. But yeah. the the they're expecting people to spend about thirty hours in the gameplay, uh, which is probably their longest game. Depends on how you play these games. Some people are going to have different times and different, you know, challenge and skill levels. I'll stuff say like it's that. hard for me to talk on, to be honest. Yeah, but thirty hours is respectable. It's a, it's oh, a yeah. chunk of content, especially for an open world, uh, souls like game. So, um, yeah. Uh, what game recently did they just say? I thought it was so funny. Uh, Dying Light 2, they came out and accidentally made it sound like it's going to take you 500 hours to beat the game. Everybody got upset about yeah. it. And then I was found out later that it's going to take you like 20 to 40 hours to beat it. And then you can spend 500 hours in it, which I think is cool. Horizon Forbidden West, they came out and said you can spend hundreds of hours in the game. And it didn't get the same reaction. Oh, well, I wonder why. Um which I thought was fucking hilarious. So anyway, in a, in a, in a time where that conversation's happening, um, 30 hours is cool. Yeah. And uh, there's more to do. Uh, it will have a new game plus, so there will be replayability in that sense. You'll be able to take your character and fight against uh, harder versions of the prior characters or uh, enemies. And I'm sure just continue leveling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, last thing I got out of it is there will be small dungeons you'll encounter. Uh, which won't take as long as like major dungeons, but there will be large dungeons, like big, big ones that they are calling uh, legacy dungeons. Okay. Um, so that will be a thing. And that's pretty much the details I got out of it. Like I said, if I missed something, let us know in the comments, uh, something that they might've said in the interview that we should have talked about. Or uh, like I said, if you guys want us to watch that video in its entirety, we can do that in a separate thing. I just felt like that time in a tasty cast that would be the tasty cast so and i have other things i want to watch so with all that said uh do you have any thoughts on any of that i feel like we kind of went over it as we went through yeah i mean it's hard for me to have like deep thoughts about the game anyways just because um unless it comes out and it's just drastically different than what i'm expecting it to be um i already have a pretty good idea of what it is so like yeah um but hearing so hearing certain details specifically like game length and and um, you know a variety of features that they they are just confirming essentially, um, those are good things. So 
Yeah. Um, I think 30 hours is um, about where I like to see games, to be honest. Yeah. And that's going to vary for sure, especially because it's an open world game. Yeah. So, um, and then, of course, with the challenge of a Dark Souls style game, now everybody's going to beat the boss their first try, their second try, their fifth try, their right. tenth try. So um, it will vary. But uh, yeah, I, I everything they said, I pretty much I like. You know, New Game Plus, small dungeons, large, dun- large dungeons, 30 hours, not stressful, but still challenging. Um, sounds good to me. All right, so should we watch this? Yeah. This is all, or mostly, new footage that was all shown during this interview. And uh, yeah, we'll discuss it after we watch it.で、次にマップの構成ですね。についてお話しします。ま、先ほど言った通り、えっと、こう、シームレスにつながる抽象規模のダンジョン。それを見つけるとか。はい。で、そこを攻略できてしまいますよと。いう形で、ま、探索してるだけでいろんな発見があるよっていう、ま、そういうゲーム密度の高いえ、フィ
And this summon system is interesting. What we're seeing right now is uh, a dude fighting like four people, and then he's got uh, like a spirit bird, and then right now there's like spirit wolves that are helping him fight in a whip that looks fucking dope. This kind of reminds me of Bloodborne. I hope the stealth is done well. I would love to make a stealth kill. One of the reviews I uh, was reading of the network test said that when they played this, it felt like playing a D&D campaign. I can see that. Which is fucking weird, but cool to hear. ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。ホテルさんがある。
this like um, elemental s- spell that's happening on screen right now and hitting the guy while jumping across at him, closing ground, it's adding to the tools you can use in combat, which I love having options. I also love the way this dude looks. The outfit and the, and the swords and shit. Um, and the combat in the open fields. Like, everything about this game just looks like you can sink so much fucking, well, 30 hours at the least, I guess. Um, you can sink a lot of time into it. The fucking giant axe this dude's using, like, the imagination, like, I'm, I don't know. It, it's it's looking like it's going to be a lot of fucking fun. Um, I'll let you, but you got anything to say? No, I just, when you were talking about the the variety of weapons and stuff, I mean, just going back to even, like, the rogue-style character, start off with a, a dagger and a buckler, and then after parrying, switch the buckler out for a second dagger, so it was dual-wielding, then moved on to casting a, or pulling out a bow, casting a spell, mm-hmm. you know, bridging the gap and, and getting the kill that way. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it does have a lot of variety. Um, and... The spell effects are uh, way better than I remember in any of their games. So yeah, no, the, this this definitely has more of a fantasy tone to it. Yeah, it definitely feels a little more fantasy D and D esque while still maintaining that Dark Souls look, yeah. obviously. But it's it's kind of a brighter game. It's even though it's still kind of like dark looking, it still seems a little more vibrant. Yeah, in its colors and stuff like that. Like it seems just more fantasy. The spirit animals thing is fucking dope too the idea of having like companions with you mm. is uh is very cool yeah anything else i mean i, I feel like i just cut you off like talk i'm i just look at everything i'm like holy fuck look at it i, I i'm just gonna say what i keep saying every time it's a good looking game and mm-hmm. and um i mean we, we all know that from soft's gonna make a shit ton of money off it so. yeah yeah i think this is gonna be the biggest selling game that they've made I'd be surprised um, if it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a bold claim, but uh, it's possible it's not that won't be the case. But yeah. it just seems like the hype before the game is there 100%. It's one of the most hyped games of 2022. But also, I think after the game comes out, if it's well received, word of mouth is going to sell as well. Yeah. And then obviously, you got to wait for like the long term. Is it going to be like, you know, it, it, a lot of people play the, the Souls games and they, they love them, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the the Bloodborne fans specifically um, are generally very vocal. So, oh, dude, I I I was saying this in the Armor Core video, but um, I want them to drop this game, and after they release this game, let it sit for like a week or whatever. Fucking reveal they're working on Armored Core, which would be huge, especially for someone like me. I'd fucking freak out. I'd be like, wait, I'm I'm sitting here still chewing on this fucking Elden Ring game you got, <laughs> and now you're telling me there's an Armored Core coming out, and then. After that, drop fucking Bloodborne too. If you want to be just fucking absolutely legendary. You gotta talk to Sony on that one, but yeah. Absolutely legendary. Well, Sony might be more inclined to want to fucking do it after some recent news with Xbox. So I'm sure Sony's got so many fucking ideas cooking right now because of the pressure that has been put on them. Um, which I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um but we'll save it for another episode. Um, but yeah, everything I saw here is a really fucking cool looking. Surprisingly, every time I see more and more on this game, I get more and more excited for it. Um, I do feel like I was just hyped for it already. So it's like whatever, but I keep seeing more things I wasn't expecting from this game. It's not just open world dark souls, even though it is that, 
um, it does seem like they have taken a lot of lessons from everything everything that they've been experimenting with and are kind of putting it into this. My biggest thing, the biggest thing about this is I'm curious about, of course I'll just play it. It's going to be fun, but I'm really curious about that multiplayer because I feel like the fun factor in this world would be immense. I also love that dragon just flies and starts fucking shit up. It's horrifying. Yeah. That's another thing I'm very curious about is all the really... From software does these like really cool like Hideo Kojima type things where like you go into an area and something that they had they didn't even have to fucking put there or some kind of weird surprise happens or some NPC has some weird thing to say to you. Um, these small little details that all their games have um, and their intricacy and detail to map design. Uh, I want to see how that translates into a world like this because I do think From Software will go the extra mile to put those details in this world. Yeah. I don't think they're going to hold back on that. Um, I think they know how much people expect from them. Um, and I think they'll deliver on it. These dungeons look sick though. I'm fucking stoked for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh yeah, I'm really excited and uh, I could sit here and keep babbling on about how dope this looks. Do you have anything else you want to say on this? Any chance you will play it at all? Uh, well, I'll never say never. Yeah. How about that? So, if the multiplayer is is straightforward, I'm pretty sure I can sell it to you. Um, other than that, though, probably not. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so let us know in the comments. What do you guys think about the gameplay that we just watched? Uh, what are you most excited about? Are you excited at all? Maybe you're not. Um, and, uh, yeah, is there anything in the gameplay that we missed that you want to point out? Let us know in the comments. And then, of course, with the overall interview, if there's something that we did not cover that you'd like us to discuss, let us know in the comments. Or tell us you want us to watch the full video, and we may do that, or I'll do it, whatever. Um, and yeah, uh, let me know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to Elden Ring, and are you excited? I know you are. Last video we're going to watch is Horizon Forbidden West, the first hands-on preview. This is via IGN. They got to play it for four hours, and uh, they got footage of it, and they're going to talk about their experience with it. Um, I think it's safe to say we're both excited for this. <laughs> I mean... They didn't even have to show anything after playing the first game. They're like, I'm going to get a second one. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I played the first game, beat it, loved it. And I was like, whatever they do next with this series, I'm there. And so when they announced this, I'm like, all right, guess I'm buying that. Yeah. Um, I, I do hope they do a recap in the game that takes uh, and explains the DLC from the first game a little bit, though, because I did not play the I DLC. I played it a little bit and never beat it. Um, and this is supposed to take place shortly after the story of the last game. So hopefully there will be like a little recap of some stuff. Um, cause I'm a little fuzzy on it. Maybe I should replay it, but I don't got the fucking time for that. Hear that. I was um, watching someone play God of War recently. I was like, God, that game is so good. I should play that again. <laughs> it's out on PC. It'd be a good reason to buy it and That's play it. That's why I saw, yeah, someone yeah. finally was able to get their hands on it. So for sure. Yeah, very excited for this game, though. It's going to be... Dude, I'd be so insanely fucking surprised if this game is nothing but stellar. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, I'm honestly... I'm past the point of needing new stuff to be hyped for it. I am curious, though, about somebody playing and what they think of it. So yeah. I have heard that it is um, essentially... Same thing with Dying Light 2. I heard the exact same thing. They said both of these games, being sequels to the last game, are better in every way. So that's exciting because both games are great. So, yeah. 
All right, well, uh, let's watch this, and then we'll discuss it. This does have uh, somebody talking, I believe, so uh, people listening will be able to hear that, hopefully. All right, uh, three, two, one, and I didn't even do that in the last video. I was just like, click. I was just ready to watch it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a, it's a habit. I used to do it uh, with Chris to sync time or whatever, but yeah. now I'm just used to going like, all right, everybody ready? Three, two, one, and go. So three, two, one, go. Horizon Zero Dawn introduced an amazing foundation to Guerrilla Games' post-apocalyptic world. Following it up is no small feat, but after four hours of hands-on time with early portions of its sequel, Horizon Forbidden West is shaping up to be a fulfillment of all the promises made by its predecessor. Combat is more complex, exploration is more freeing, and the world is teeming the with more intriguing life, both robotic and human, and meaningful things to do. Stunning. The Forbidden West in all its glory still Damn. waits to be seen, but I'm not forbidden from can't telling you about so much split. of yeah. why it's an adventure on which <laughs> I can't wait to embark. This is, a, even though it's going to be on PS4 as well, this looks My next My time gen. with Forbidden West okay. didn't start exactly where Aloy's journey begins in the sequel, but rather a little into her quest to find new answers and maybe save humanity along the way. It's been six months since uh, the events of Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, six Aloy months. has noticed oh, yeah, throughout the world the next day almost, that this yeah. red blight is kind of encroaching everywhere. And this is a world-ending threat, and she has to find a way to stop it. The first big question I had when jumping in was how much freer exploration actually would be. Zero Dawn did many things right, but its I climbing navigation was looks. one of its most frustrating limitations. Yeah, it has a good color tone. Forbidden West doesn't make every single inch of its world climbable, which may be disappointing to some, but it was immediately apparent and appreciable just how much more of the world is scalable and how fun it is to do so. And it's made better by an improved focus. A quick click of R3 causes a pulse scan around Aloy, hmm. revealing resources to pick up, as well as, more importantly, highlighting climbable parts of the world. Another really nice addition is the pull caster, a fancy sort of grappling hook that lets that the player cool pull looking. Aloy to harder to reach or further points. It's even something that can be used in conjunction with the shield wing, a glider Aloy The world's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Launching yeah. off a point, I take back Aloy everything I said about the skies, that. And pull casting to an interesting spot on a nearby cliff face creates a real degree of freedom missing in Zero Dawn's movement. As we were just saying, the character models are more impressive than the world, but I guess that ocean area just didn't do much for me. This is fucking sure that beautiful. Everything looking. you do has more worthwhile and varied rewards. Yeah, Deeper settlements is a core part of Forbidden West, and if my time in Chain Scrape, yeah. the first one, the water looks good. There will be a lot for players to find, discover, and lose hours to play. We really wanted to improve. We really wanted to kind of listen to the fans and listen to our reviewers, and also based on our own internal feedback. And so there was a whole set of things we wanted to do with settlements, including general sense of them being more lifelike, better animations, better schedules for the NPCs, uh, and also audio. We really wanted to improve the sort of crowd audio in the sense that when you go into any given place in a settlement, it has its own like kind of like audio personality. It's cool. And we also have a situation where Aloy's going in to the Forbidden West and encountering new tribes, specifically the Utaru and the Tanakh. And we really wanted to make sure those were as differentiated as possible with, you know, NPCs doing things that they would only do in that tribe uh, to give it that sense of life. The center point of the town, a busy brewery, had so many cute little bespoke animations of characters yeah. sharing a pint, laughing at stories being told, and more. 
But settlements aren't going to be just The lighting on her hair that gives her like a contrast to the background. There is also Insane a wider looking. swath yeah. of side objectives I encountered in and out of town, like melee fight pits, environmental puzzles, and even more, like an in-universe board game called Machine Strike that I'm already setting aside a dozen or so hours to lose playing it. And all of these objectives don't feel like one of any open world's biggest potential problems. Filler. Instead, narrative director Ben McCaw explained how everything is built with more and better rewards in mind, whether they be new equipment, outfits, weapons, or key pieces of lore. It's great to have a huge open world, but if all of the activities in it feel kind of tacked on or, or not Ubisoft? related or not. Is this directly we want a talking to sure point towards Ubisoft? It feels more like a talking point of like uh, listening to what and kind of get to the end of the story people are saying. Don't fucking like bloat yeah. your game also, with filler there's yeah. definitely a, a to artificially prolong your really experience in it. Combat. But if there is going to be an activity in the world, uh, a board game, um, a melee pit, um, even a camp or out outpost associated with Regala's Rebels, or, or there are other examples, um, things that return from the previous game. They all need to feel part of the world. They all need to be part of the story. I enjoyed much of Zero Dawn's ensemble, but I kind of fell in love with almost faces. every character, new and old, They're big and small, good. in Forbidden West. Aloy has been endearing from minute one, but Ashley Birch plays her with such a charming determination that is as enjoyable to watch in action as she defies bureaucrats unwilling to take action to get things done, as it is painful to see keep her at arm's length from close friends like Erin and Petra, who care so deeply for her. I'm asking nicely. Arrest her! I'd like to see you try! So, what we wanted to do with Aloy in the Forbidden West is just put her under as much pressure as possible. And so, obviously, she has the pressure of trying to resolve the Blight, which is a world-ending threat, and she has all the other pressures of, like, fighting machines and just trying to survive in this world. But she also has this other pressure of trying to live up to the example of her genetic mother, Elizabeth Sobek. This is probably one of the greatest people in history and someone who literally almost single-handedly saved the world. That's a very, very high bar for Aloy to live up to and it affects it really her interactions with other people. It's also important this uh, to remember that so this is like someone who grew up in Outcast mm -hmm. but in the background, only just started to interact with really the world as a whole in the previous games. And while this yeah. opening section teased some of the new tribes oh. Aloy will interact Spoke with in the soon. West, <laughs> it also heralded the arrival <laughs> of her new enemy, Regala. And what an introduction it is. Thanks, fucked up. The chainsaw job? Played with such power by Angela Bassett, Regala is immediately positioned as a force to be reckoned with, and it only appears to scratch the surface of her power. Aloy's companions offer um, different interactions that uh, display different aspects of Aloy's personality. And this is something that uh, carries through the whole game. It's actually one of the major themes of the game is how does she relate to other people? How does she relate to her companions? How does that change her as a person? And Aloy's companions are really central to the story and the themes of the Forbidden West. It's really the way that she relates to each of them differently and the impact that they have on her that really forces her to kind of evolve her personality throughout the game. Aaron! Luckily, Aloy has a few new friends and new tools and skills at her disposal to rise to the occasion. There are now six lengthy skill trees players can invest in based on their style. It should all pair nicely with the expanded arsenal of equipment and outfits you'll acquire. And Sick. in another nice twist on established systems, outfits are more closely tied to these skill trees, and some will offer stat boosts that can make skills even stronger. 
Notably, melee combat is also improved. There's a far greater fluidity in the animations and how they chain together, and it also seems like a more viable option Damn, in general, thanks to new skills like, like the, the impressive Resonator Blast. It's like fucking monster. There will also be new weapons like the Javelin Thrower, while returning items like Trip Casters and standard Elemental Arrow options make a welcome comeback. Yeah, the combat but there's looks now a fucking, wider amount really of those elements as well, including Acid Arrows that can be deployed with a precise strike to use Acid Bearing Machine's own toxicity against them. Machines, of course, are a major part of the attraction of Horizon's world, and at least so far, Forbidden Monkey West bot. is still capturing that mix of wonder, <laughs> awe, and trepidation that comes with meeting these creatures. There's a nice blend of new and returning machine types, like the acidic bristlebacks, returning scrappers and chargers, and even something new like the burrower. Gorilla is clearly saving some of Forbidden West's biggest battles for players, including myself, to play through when the full game is released, but I did get to take on one of my most eagerly anticipated newcomers, the venomous Slitherfang. To do so, I jumped a bit further into Forbidden West to try out its new arena, its an optional area yeah. where players will take on various so challenges, needing to finish them under a certain time limit to earn medals that unlock some of the sequel's best equipment. The Slitherfang, with its whole new suite of devastating attacks, is a prime example of the ingenuity Gorilla displays with Horizon's combat. Coupled with all the it's new so weapons and skills, which yeah, I admittedly was still fun. just getting the hang of, defeating the Slitherfang in time was immensely gratifying in the way taking it's down Zerodon's biggest great. foes was. Yeah. But with new tricks for both Aloy like and really foes, these fights moving. are a fresh joy to discover as I worked out the best way to succeed, or at least survive. I played this particular battle in Forbidden West's framerate mode, though I switched between the favoring resolution and performance options throughout, and found I mean, both I'll check it out, but time. I'm gonna go right back to fucking performance. Yeah. yeah. Playing on PS5, Forbidden West World is a sight to behold, from stunning vistas yeah. with lengthy views to the enhanced level and amount of detail in a settlement like Chainscrape. That's cool, you can see that roof right there when she's climbing, you saw those gold roofs combat. from the distance. Yeah. The fucking beauty is so at so much scale. West is frequently yeah. dazzling. Appreciably, whereas Zero Dawn's conversations usually involve tight shots on two characters talking, almost every conversation I had in Forbidden West saw the camera pulled back more and let characters be more uniquely animated in their yeah, movements good. and facial expressions. That was one thing I kind of made jokes about in the first game. Dump. As much as I thought the story was great, nice the dialogue. Thankfully, and we're only just under a month away shots from getting to see all of this play out in full. Yeah. And my time with Horizon Forbidden West has me more assured than ever that Gorilla that has really is. refined and evolved the Horizon experience with Forbidden West. Hoping there are flow. An enormous amount of story I don't understand the technology. <laughs> it's like a hologram. <laughs> uh, but the slice that we did give you is really uh, near the beginning of Aloy's journey, um, near the beginning of her uh, sojourn into the Forbidden West, and also just the very beginning of her evolution as a character. It's God an easy damn, comparison to make, game. but often an apt one. The leap here feels like it could be that jump from Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2, which is saying something considering how solid Zero Dawn already was. Yeah, but nearly every game. misgiving I had about the original seems to have been thought through, and then some. Aloy's new journey seems more robust and rewarding than I expected, while retaining the wonder and that awe that his predecessor delivered. Looking. I still don't know quite what the Forbidden West itself will hold, but after my hands-on, I've never been more excited to find out.
For more, be sure to check out our podcast, Beyond Conversation, about even more details from our hands-on time with Forbidden West. The grass moving reminds me a lot of like Ghost of Tsushima only, you know, better graphics. Be sure to check out yeah. our Art of the Level on an Uncharted 4's greatest chase sequence. I'm not going to do that. And for everything else in the world of PlayStation, you're already in the right place, IGN. You can't like, obviously it's, it's, it's the sequel to the last game, so I should be getting those vibes well, which I am, but like these arena fights reminds me of like almost Monster Hunter. Yeah. Except for obviously really fucking hyper. Um, what do we think? Um, I mean, <laughs> yet another game we we've watched that didn't really need any more selling. Um, <sighs> I I honestly I just can't wait to see what it looks. Watching a video is never the same as like actually getting to see it on oh, your yeah, own for sure. on your own screen while you're playing it and. Uh, after especially seeing like the animations and the backdrops and stuff like that. And just the sheer level of detail. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on this. I'm actually a little freaked out by it because anyone who's watched channel long enough knows open world. Me is tough. I did beat horizon zero dawn mm -hmm. and I did beat ghost Tsushima. So, and got a war so I could do these things. Though got a war. You can do it with Sony world. games. Yeah. <laughs> When the story and the narrative can push me forward, yes, mm -hmm. that's and that's I've said that a million times. It's my my big struggle is that it's hard to tell a story in an open world. Apparently, um, not certain studios. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's been a strong challenge for a lot of people, though. And oh, yeah. It's only recently, and by recent I mean like the last like I don't know six years, um, been something that uh, people have been successful at. I mean, open world gameplay, I think, has been nailed for a long time yeah, yeah, yeah. and only gotten better. But telling stories in open worlds is is, is difficult, it has a lot of uh, uh, more variables um, that like a linear game doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially when you're playing a game more so for the gameplay and the story in a game that wants you to go explore and get lost in it. It it, it can be challenging to somebody who's who's looking for something a little more um, structured. Yeah, and storytelling. Well, and, and with that, um, when I did play Horizon and to bring up Ghost of Tsushima again, um, I didn't just rush through those games. Uh, the The world was so interesting that I needed to like see all of it, and so I spent a lot of time wandering in both games. And with what I've heard from you earlier about how long this game can be, mm. that freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, they, they talked about uh, like board games, this arena stuff, and all these interactions, stuff like that. It does sound like they've put more time into extra things to do in the world. Yeah. It's not just, uh, you know, going around and killing things to level up, essentially, and right. upgrade your gear, um, which is fun. But uh, those living qualities um, are really important to games like this. Um, a lot of games like this can feel vacant, hollow, or like there's nothing to do in it really. And right. um, it it definitely doesn't seem vacant. There's no. a lot of things going on, which is really cool. This even reminds me of Monster Hunter, and in, in in a weird way, like it seems like they're a little yeah, influenced by it. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I forgot what I was saying. But uh, oh, uh, the vacancy. It, it seems like they've definitely they're definitely addressing those things. They want the world to have things to do. I also really appreciated that they mentioned that they want content things for you to do in this world, but to not just artificially shove it in there to keep you busy, yeah, but yeah. to have rewards worthwhile, which is, 
um, something I've I've had uh, my criticisms with uh, for a long time in open world games. Um, so I'm glad that they're verbally confirming this is something they're thinking about. Yeah, um, which is really fucking nice because um, it is something that that gets brought up all the time. So it's nice to hear a developer address that. Um, now, if only you know some developers will come out and be like, "Hey, yeah, NFTs are not doing it." I'd appreciate that. Um, there's actually a thing that came recently said like 70% of developers have no interest in NFTs. I've seen a couple mid-sized devs come out and just straight up say on Twitter. I was like, thank you. I forgot what smaller one came out. Chucklefish was Chucklefish, pretty, yeah. pretty aggressive about it. Yeah, that. I fucking loved that. But <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, if you want to buy NFTs, go do it. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, quit trying to sell them to me. Yeah, I'm not, in, I'm not interested. I think a lot of people are not interested um, so know your know your demographics and and who you're trying to sell things to. Um, game is fucking gorgeous. Yes, I mean it's fucking it's really good looking, like really good looking. Uh, facial animations are really fucking good. Uh, I mean they're like uh, Hellblade looking good, like because uh, Hellblade's facial stuff is fucking it's really, insane. It's fucking yeah. stupid. That one, I mean, I have to see a side by side, but because <laughs> um, that's really impressive shit. But these look really fucking good. Yeah. Um, and the character models look fantastic. Um, I was actually talking about this uh, earlier with uh, somebody. Um, I'm just uh, amazed when I look at this game on how many things are moving oh, yeah. on screen at once. Like everything she's wearing is moving independently. Her hair is moving independently. Uh, her arms carrying things are moving independently and then every tree is moving every gr- blade of grass is moving and then like that fucking cobra thing its whole body is just winding up and 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 moving all over the place and uh it's just impressive to see but anyway the character models look really good but the world is also looking uh much better than what we originally saw the the sand in the water the water looked really nice and blue and liquidy but uh you know the rest of the environments I wasn't super fucking impressed with, but this area I think looks really fucking good. Um, and the scale and the view distance and everything just makes it seem vast, huge and, uh, kind of on brand with what we saw in the last game, uh, which was, you know, one of the only Western games I saw, uh, and went like, wow, they're really going for like crazy big scale. It's really, really, uh, out of this world. Um, really imaginative shit. And this seems to be, uh, similar, yeah, which I'm very excited about. Um, but yeah, uh, just just like uh, like I said earlier, if this is one of those games that uh, I'm a little afraid it's coming out next to other games that I really want to play, but also at the same time, I can't wait to play it. I'm really excited to play this. Yeah. Um, it's looking fantastic. I think it's gonna it's gonna be near impossible for this game to be anything but really good. So um, unless the story fucking sucks, but. Yeah, which is I obviously a possibility. It. It's it's a possibility, yeah. But gameplay wise, this is just looking like a game I want to fucking play. Yeah. So I mean, I love the last game. This seems like they've gotten even crazier with it. So yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say? No, I mean, wait. I've said it a million times. It's it's gorgeous. Like I gorgeous looks fun. I like the little grappling hook zipline thing. Um. Actually, I do have one thing to say. Mm-hmm. When they said they had six expansive trees that are all based off different play styles, that's also exciting because yeah. I think the last game, um, I can't even remember. It's been so long. But uh, I don't remember having something. that many. Yeah. And it was basically boiled down to, do you want to like 
fight with brute force or do you want to stealth? Like, so. yeah, yeah. Um, that was exciting for me as well um, to hear. Um, I like skill trees though. Like, if you have a bunch of ways for me to build a character um, and more options and more ways for me to tell somebody, oh, I'm working on this, and they're like, oh yeah, I, I'm working on this, or yeah. um, I, I think it's more fun to play with builds in that way, not necessarily in a single player game builds, but I'm sure you'll build unlock everything at some point. But in the beginning, you're going to start leaning into certain things that other people aren't leaning into. And that's always a lot of fun in my opinion. Yeah. I'm still so impressed with this fucking Cobra thing too. I was impressed with the fucking designs in the first game. This game though, is just like the visual fidelity met with the imagination is just like unrivaled. I can't think of a game that has enemy design looking like this. Yeah, it's pretty insane. It's insane looking. It's fucking, it's so imaginative. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let us know in the comments, comments, what do you guys think about Horizon Forbidden West, the first hands-on preview? Um, anything catch your eye on this that you want to uh, uh, throw out there in the comments? Anything we might have missed that you want us to kind of look more at? Um, are you excited for this game? What are you hoping from this game? What's the most exciting thing that they said in this video that has got you hyped? Um, do you have any concerns about this game uh, before it comes out? And yeah, what do you think about the world design, gameplay, and things they're changing? Let me know everything you think about in the comments below. All right, it's that time again where we read your comments and reply to them. We reflect on prior episodes we've done in the past. And uh, yeah, uh, if you want your comment to be read for sure, type in hashtag AskTLG. Otherwise, I read at random. And yeah, uh, first episode we are going to be replying to comments on uh, was our, uh, this is Taste of Cast, I think. Was yeah. this the Taste of Cast or TLG Reacts? Uh, where we talked about uh, PlayStation Game Pass possibly coming, uh, Soccer 2 being delayed, and uh, we watched Leap. And um, I talked about how Ubisoft disappointed me um, again. And uh, yeah, we got a couple comments. And uh, we're going to read them. So uh, we got one from Cardsmall saying, uh, yeah, to playing Final Fantasy XIV, in which I had uh, flirted with the idea of possibly returning to Final Fantasy XIV. Now thinking about February, I'm a little worried. But uh, it is something that's on my mind. I was actually thinking about this uh, yesterday as well. So um, I am uh, wanting to hop back into an MMO, and I think it'd be a good time to uh, revisit fourteen. So I'm glad that you... Uh, you just are straightforward with me and going, yes. So um, <laughs> that, uh, that that's uh, the confirmation I need. We got Chevy helping with boosting uh, the algorithm. Uh, comments and likes on videos help uh, our videos get seen by people. So they are appreciated. If you hit the like button on the video and comment, it's appreciated. And uh, it's appreciated that uh, Chevy's helping with that. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, about Final Fantasy VII Remake, Seth, you didn't finish the game yet. You guys have to try the Yuffie DLC. It's very good. Square Enix did listen what people had to say about the remake. So for the DLC, they enhanced, uh, enhanced couple thing like combat. They add sick combo move between character, etc., and the DLC do feel like a complete game. There's a lot of stuff to do. Well, it's very cool. Um... I still got to finish the first uh, thing. Um, I know you have finished it. You didn't play the DLC. Correct. Um, and that sound interesting to you? Yes. So I'll make you, I'll make you a deal. Finish the 14 storyline. 
instead of leveling all your jobs to 90 while in we, heaven's ward. We talked about this on a prior episode. <laughs> then then uh, I will guarantee you I'll play the, the DLC. Yeah, same. You do that, I'll beat I'll beat Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then maybe hop into the DLC. But, uh, yeah, you do that. I keep hearing about that. We both got our sins we got to atone for. Um, but, yeah, uh, it sounds cool. I'm glad that the, the DLC wasn't just, like, a small little thing they added. I'm glad it's, like, a full-on experience, uh, and they changed a couple things, like a sick combo move between character and uh the sickest the sickest one um <laughs> it sounds cool i definitely want to check it out um and yeah i probably will at some point uh when i got fucking time and i'm not playing icarus for 41 hours <laughs> i'd be putting those 41 hours in something else when i was playing godfall for like a month straight i i my playstation plus uh stats came back and it's it had said i had like 80 some hours in godfall at the time it could have been two 14 expansions what's just like this is godfall too and then for like 99 percent of people that are like put fucking 80 hours into godfall like, yeah i did it was fun but <laughs> i think it was like more of a mindless thing I, i'm still playing it yeah. but uh but yeah i was thinking about like i was like i could have put the, that time into something else too yeah. so yeah if you i could sit down and you just play that almost beat persona 5 true which i feel like i need to do playing <laughs> the game we're playing and we got to talk about on plus club yeah. um all right well thank you everybody for the comments on this video and uh yeah moving on we had our uh best month of playstation plus 2021 we had an awesome conversation we had a full panel it was me chevy of course but then also sarah joined us and she'll be joining us for uh plus club as well so okay. that'll be fun um, and then, uh, Josh was there and Cody. So if you want to go watch that, I would highly recommend it. I love having these full discussions with a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of the, the tasty crew, um, in which we talked about, uh, best month of PlayStation plus in 2021. And even if you're not really big on PlayStation plus, it's kind of fun because we have this roster where we eliminate, um, uh, months in a dynamic way and we essentially are just talking about games video games what month had better video games so if you like video games check that out um it's a lot of fun to have that conversation uh okay so we got a comment from chevy boosting algorithm which is appreciated uh tom tom i don't dude i don't care do that on every fucking video uh tom b cool setup mine would be final Fantasy 7 r and remnant so i go with march um I don't want to talk too much about what we picked because I'd like people to go watch that that episode. But uh, uh, I appreciate the your comment on the cool setup. Every year it's different. I mean, we used to use like a whiteboard, mm-hmm. um, and then last year we had like something on screen that we did. This year, um, I kind of just made it a little more friendly for the the viewer. So I'm glad you appreciated that. And then, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake and Remnant in one month was. Uh, as they call it, according to Josh, the banger month. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely a good pick. And then we got, uh, dead risen or dead risen. Uh, I'm not sure how you say that, uh, saying gotta be March for me. Final fantasy seven remake was amazing. Still can't believe we got it a year after it came out. I agree. Remnant and, uh, far point were also solid. Uh, shout out to November for giving us three additional VR games though. Uh, the walking dead saints and sinners. Uh, <laughs> I looked, I was like, what is that? Twids. Uh, is <laughs> twids is really cool. <laughs> the walking dead saints and sinners is really cool. Uh, but the, 
PS Move Controllers killed it for me. Can't wait for PSVR 2 and Move Controllers with actual thumbsticks. Preach. Me and Chevy are on the VR bandwagon. We are both excited for PSVR 2. We actually talked about that in a recent episode. Hopefully you had a chance to check that out. The one before this one. Yep. So check that out if you want to hear our opinions on that. We're on the same page as you, though. Um, we're looking yeah. forward to it. Um, I did not play Saints and Sinners on PS Move, um, but the controllers, I have them, um, are neat for what they do for old tech, but they are limited. Yeah. So I, I do believe that. Um, and I do agree, November... Uh, if you're into VR, was a very cool month, but didn't really mean much to a lot of people. But I appreciate that you you like that. And um, yeah, March, it's the banger month. I mean, it, it, even on Reddit, a lot of people seem to uh, really have liked March. So it seems like March and April were the uh, the two biggest months of PlayStation Plus. So in 2021, PlayStation Plus uh, really hit its stride early in the year. I mean, there's like three or four months in a row. There's like banger after banger after banger. Yeah, so, for sure. Anything you want to add to that? Um, I mean, I can't really add anything to the you know the game stuff because mm-hmm. that would uh, kind of ruin the episode. But um, as far as the PSVR two thing goes, um, you know, I hooked up my PSVR the other did I say the other day? It's been like a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was st- another day. I still. Like had a lot of fun with it, even though like resolution wise, it's pretty awful. Mm. Um, your brain does eventually just kind of shut off that part off, though, and you are again, even with the 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 not as good graphics, you're just in it, and it's really cool. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to a simpler, more advanced hardware setup that works on my PS5. I can put my PS4 in storage finally. Um, you know, I've been kind of eyeballing an index as well. Like, I, I definitely am into VR. It's just investment is, is usually high. So, <laughs> not to tell you how to spend your money or anything, but at this point, I'd almost like wait and see what PSVR. Well, I think I'm, I'm gonna wait. Yeah, PSVR yeah. two is gonna be like because the stats we read were like impressive. Oh no, they're yeah, they're they're super high. And if someone and it would can be do the newest no, headset. Yeah, and if someone could do a no bullshit like make it work on PC as well thing, um, that'd be amazing. I'm there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be really so. fucking cool. That would be, that'd be huge if yeah. it if it could just naturally work on PlayStation and PC. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, um, especially if they could simplify hookup as well. Like if you just like plug in the USB, and oh, just yeah. work. That'd be fucking next level. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we talked about this. Check out that episode. Um, and yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your comments. And moving on to the last one, the big one. We talked about Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard. Um, that was a TLG Reacts. We just straight up talked about that topic. We talked for like an hour and a half about it. So if you want to know our opinions on it, the topic is getting a little old at this point. We're all getting into the where is it going now kind of situation. But uh, we had a really great conversation, so make sure to go check that out um, if you haven't gotten your fill on that yet. Oh, wow. And we got some comments. Uh, first one from uh, Sol- Solomon uh, saying uh, Z Solomon. I'm not sure I say that correctly, but uh, just love watching you talk, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really you. appreciate that a lot. I'm glad that that you find enjoyment in just watching us talk. Uh, that's uh, very cool to hear. And uh, yeah, um, we'll keep up the good work. Just uh, keep up. 
watching the content and hopefully you continue to enjoy it. But thank you for the, the uh, compliment and the support. It's very much appreciated. Uh, Reg Block says, sitting in a dark room, wallet ready to spray. They wait out the sexual harassment outrage, the Me Too outrage, the Hong Kong outrage, uh, Kodak to get dragged through all kinds of dirt at least twice and spit on him until Blizzard is dusted, universally hated, and barely worth a worm's corpse on the bottom of my boots and hit transaction. <laughs> True, that is the strategy. That's what Xbox probably did. That is... Um, uh, eloquent. I, yeah, I love to do That's why I read it so intense, dude. Like, fucking, it's written in a way that's just like, I feel it. I, I mean, if that's what Xbox did, man. They're fucking, they're just ready. But you can watching Phil come off creepy, though. It is a little eerie that they just came in and just bought one of the big three fucking companies. Why is he sitting in a dark room? Because they're sitting there. Wa- it's like watching. It's like cr- watching cryptocurrency fucking go up and down. You watch it dip, and you're like, "We buy in now." You're watching Activision Blizzard just sink, fucking on fire. It's the Titanic, but on fire, sinking in a fucking pool of uh, gasoline. And when it gets real bad, you go, "I can save it." You know, most people don't look at uh, things burning and go, "I should invest in that." This might have been made, dude. Fucking, they're buying the oil. Not the uh, not the ship, um, yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> I don't much to say on that. I mean, I agree. I agree. That's what they did. That's exactly what they did. They hit transaction. I just love the idea that it was just like, yeah. I don't think that. Yeah, there's really much purchasing to say it on fucking Amazon. Thank you for the visual. Yeah, very very well written. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of tension in that. If you uh you were so inspired to do so, I'm sure you could write some. Uh, interesting fan fiction with your uh brain there so he can he's got writer's block that's his name <laughs> did he have writer's block right there for one brief moment there was he he, he was liberated change your name again yeah change your name you're not writer's block anymore <laughs> you're something else you've uh, transcended uh all right thank you for the comment uh, Miss Nolitha says, I played the heck out of WoW for a long time. Stop mostly because of kids. Personally, I'd like to see something like WoW 2, start a new WoW MMO under Xbox and Microsoft, and stick it on Game Pass, make it cross-platform. I mean, I agree. I agree. Um, WoW 2 would be cool. I don't have a, an, an affinity for WoW, but I respect what they did with WoW at certain points in its uh, legacy. Um, and you can't deny its legacy. Um, to see Blizzard make a brand new MMO, whether it's WoW 2 or another WoW, um, I think would be exciting. Blizzard is not the company that they used to be, but they still have the manpower, the resources, and uh, and you know the the know-how of working on WoW still to jumpstart something new and fresh and exciting. Um, and I'm also on board with anybody. Uh, endeavoring to make an MMO. Um, and if it was coming from Blizzard, you know it would be quality, uh, at the very least compared to some of these indie developers who are trying to make MMOs right now, which I respect because nobody else is doing it. Um, so, yeah, I agree. And then, yeah, um, at this point, with uh, Daddy Microsoft on board as well, uh, get that budget, get on Game Pass, make it cross-platform. Uh, I think that would be be the move, and they have the freedom to do that now. So, um, I I mean, I I agree with you. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, really, you're just gonna leave it there. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I almost wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can really say as far as WoW goes, it's an old engine at this point. So um, mm-hmm. I do think a engine overhaul or a sequel um, would be beneficial um, to the game. So yeah, yeah. Anything else? No. Thank you for the comment. I agree. Let's get a fucking, let's get a new MM out there, whether it's WoW 2 or whatever. Um, yeah. So, uh, Paranormal Gaming says, Hi, Seth. Didn't notice this was an hour long, uh, lol, great kind of podcast style. Almost at the middle, at the middle of vid. Great video sharing thoughts. Thank you very much. Very appreciated. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, we definitely shared a lot of thoughts there. It's, a, it's an hour and a half. And, uh, yeah, podcast style. I mean, like that's that's pretty much what we do on Tastecast. That was a long TLG reacts, though, for sure. Yeah, um, I say we we kind of we do typically chunky around here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't do enough like shorter. Like lately, I've been trying to get more episodes out. Like now that I'm feeling like the creative juices again in 2022, I'm like I need to get more shit out. But then I'm thinking like, well, we do Tastecast. That's our long form stuff, and I love the long form conversations. But it would be nice to get like smaller content out there like my armor core video which is still like 26 minutes um so that's pretty long for a lot of people um so yeah yeah we we do do it chunky around here this is a chunky chunky loot gaming <laughs> in our free time uh, i might add so yeah yeah for sure um but yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it and uh thank you for your support uh, and then lastly, we got Tom B saying more power in the hands of fewer people. Let's see if something good comes out of it for the customers. Wouldn't bet on it though. I'm inclined to follow that kind of thinking a lot as well. I do want to stay optimistic until I have a reason to, uh, think otherwise. Um, when it comes to this transaction of, uh, he's talking about, you know, Microsoft, buying a large company and potentially buying more companies and more companies. I do agree. And we discussed that, um, in the sense of like, this is a threat for sure if it continues, but there is some positives that could come. Like you say, good comes out of it for the customers. That's my first and foremost thought as well as the developers having a a good work environment. Um, because some of the stuff I've said it a million times, it's worth saying again, there's a lot of egregious shit that was mentioned that happened at Activision Blizzard. That should story right above that should never fucking happen. Um, whole story above. Writer's block. Oh yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, hoping the best for us. I want better games. I want awesome games, but I also want the people who make these games to have environments, uh, that they work in that, uh, don't feel like hell, I guess. Um, but yes, I agree a hundred percent in all regards, too much power is not good typically. Um, and so the idea of anybody, whether it's Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, Apple, Google, having, too much of everything and having too much say in uh, how uh, things are going um, is not good for so many reasons, but mostly in this case for the creativity factor. Competition breeds innovation and uh, the less competition you have, the lazier people get. And uh, believe me, Xbox will get lazy. Sony will get lazy if they don't have anybody rivaling them. You want the competition, so, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to keep it strictly to video games, um, 
What, you think I was talking about something else, dude? There was some hinting. I was talking about video games. Um, uh, it is obviously a concern if if one company or even both companies just start sucking up company other comp- smaller companies um, because that does lessen the, the competition, which is not good for customers because the lazy factor for sure. Yeah. Um, we do have the advantage of uh, in video games having a very very healthy indie um, scene in the regard of like play and support. I mean, people get rich over and the guy made Stardew Valley is a great example of this. Um, And so they're not entirely always going to be able to just be lazy because someone will come up and make the next big thing under their feet. If they do um, in this industry, I should say it's easier to do now than ever. Yeah. Um, That being said though, um, it, it is a concern for long-time franchises with fan bases, um, if shady practices start to happen, again, regardless of who does it. Um, and yeah, we don't want that. Um, this does put Microsoft, I think we talked about it a little in the episode, but it makes them the third largest game... Um, Gaming s- company based off revenue. Yeah, um, under Tencent and Sony. So yeah. um, it puts them... It, it is putting them more in an even playing field in that regard. Um so hopefully they slow down with the acquiring of companies. Um, I do think this particular situation is beneficial um, for all parties involved, including the customers. Um, hopefully we're not wrong. So. Yeah. And uh, just throwing out there, uh, it'd be really fucking cool if people start making new devs. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Less buying people who exist already and make new ones. Let's get some new life going, dude. Um, yeah, anything else? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for the comment, Tom B. And thank you, everybody who commented. I read them all and I've been doing that lately. But uh, but yeah, I, I might get more particular and more specific on the ones I read. And if you want to make sure yours gets read, you're like, Seth, you didn't read mine. I commented on a video. You didn't read it at all. Hashtag STLG on your comment and I will read it for sure. Otherwise, I will just read whatever. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of TastyCast. Uh, as always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on our socials and streams. Links down below. I'd like to start streaming again soon, so look out for that. I'm flirting with the idea of maybe only streaming on Twitch, though, because I think the experience on Twitch is better than YouTube, although I feel like it'd be dumb for me to not stream on youtube such a tricky decision it is um as someone who watches on both platforms there are things about each platform i love and absolutely hate well my home base is here yeah but twitch is a better streaming experience so it's like moderation tools it's it's yeah it's fucking rough so anyway my stream links down below chris's chef views my twitch is down there but um i'm kind of in the opposite boat if i was start streaming i'd probably do it on youtube yeah, because um, I can't handle the emote gasms that happen on Twitch. So that is true. Um, yeah, we have a Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen to us wherever the hell you listen to podcasts at, we're on that. And uh, we have a Patreon if you'd like to support the channel even more than liking this video, commenting, sharing uh, with your friends, and subscribing if you're brand new. And uh, yeah, thanks, Chevy, for uh, joining me on this episode. Hi. And I've been Seth. Until the next episode, uh, which for sure will be Game of the Month and Plus Club at the end of the week this weekend. Have a good one, guys, and take it easy.